you share these authentic and beautiful connections with other human beings, you just wouldn't have had a chance to know so intimately. And they feel safe sharing a lot with you because you're just passing through. And that can be the case with travel in general. Welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast, where we bring you immersive, inspiring, and international travel stories of freedom and adventure from travelers around the world. Here is your host, Hayden Lee. Well, hello there. Welcome to this week's episode of the Travel Stories Podcast. I'm Hayden Lee. How are you doing? Thank you for all of your electronic love. Over the past however long, Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com is the email address. That's H-A-Y-D-E-N. I do answer everything, as you know. Today is a great day because we have on one of my travel podcasting idols. It is Jason Moore from the Zero to Travel podcast. I would strongly, strongly recommend. I know you're into podcasts, right? And I know you're into travel. Check out Zero to Travel podcast. It really is great. Go and check it out now. In fact, Listen to this episode, and then as soon as it's over, go and check it out. So we have on Jason Moore today. He was a an absolute pleasure to talk to. He's a great guy, living in Norway at the moment. We dive into a lot of details about travel and everything like this, and he brings a great story with him. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Jason Moore. Jason Moore, host of the Zero to Travel podcast, the host that always gives you more. You like that? <laughs> sure. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. It's a little early in the morning for both of us, actually. But uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm know. about uh, three cups of coffee in, just about, <laughs> and I like to make it real strong, man. I've been grinding the beans fresh, and it... Okay. Just just grinding the beans and smelling them like wakes my ass up immediately. So it's Man, a good it's, trigger. It's part of a it's part of a kind of not routine, but it's part of a ritual. You know what I mean? People say it about tea, how they brew the tea, they stay with the tea, and then they drink the tea. Is it the same with coffee? Uh I'd say so. And coffee's one of those things I enjoy anywhere, you know, particularly when I'm traveling, like that morning cup of coffee when you you get outside, you got it in your hands, kind of warming your hands, but then, you know, maybe there's a little crispness in the air and uh, you're getting ready for an adventure or some something crazy or just going to different cafes and um, trying coffee there and just hanging out, whether you're working or just chilling and reading. Uh, it's Yeah, man, coffee's such a great, t- probably too big of a part of my life, but um, <laughs> hey, man, everybody has their vices and you have to, uh, you have to just roll with it sometime and accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you know what you're doing right now is you're making Norway sound like the best place to live. So Jason lives in Norway. Uh, do you live in Oslo or, or somewhere outside of Oslo? Yeah, yeah, I live in Oslo. You know, they have, uh, Norway's actually, they drink the most coffee per capita. Really? Uh, than anywhere else in the world, which I was surprised to find. But then not so surprised after living here because there is a little bit of a tradition just in the middle of the day to have coffee and cakes. So you have to be careful with the cakes part because, uh, the last time I went on a, uh, an adventure trip, I was, well, kind of like more of a longer term thing. I was went trekking in Nepal. And I remember when I was leaving Norway, my wife's from like a rural area up near a farm in Northern Norway. And she's always making these crazy, like, you know, hearty farm meals, except 
we're not out like working in the fields and doing things. We're just sitting around or I'm like on my computer. So (laughs) all of that gravy and meat cakes and reindeer, you know, moose steaks and all this stuff is just going uh, into my belly and sitting there. So I put my backpack on dude and like I put the belt on and like my stomach was hanging over a little bit. Oh crap. I was like, (laughs) when did this happen? So it was a good thing we were going trekking in Nepal because I was like, well, I'm going to, definitely get back into the shape because that's kind of what happens when you go on these types of trips. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, it would have been nicer to show up with a little more core strength, Hayden. Yeah, I know what you mean, <laughs> especially with hiking. Man, it's one of those things that can that can creep up on you. Like I, because I moved back to the UK for a bit, and it's so hard to eat well here. You know, it's it's one of those countries where because nothing grows here. Fish and, and chips aren't healthy. <laughs> that's it man that's it and like i was thinking i'm going to brazil in august and i was thinking right brazil going to rio going to san luis the two of the best uh beach places in uh in brazil well san luis isn't but man i gotta get back in shape (laughs) you know you gotta get your beach body right that's right that's the thing that's a lot of pressure (laughs) tell me about it yeah gotta watch those carbs my man oh that's it man that's it (laughs) i mean i I kind of uh i'm eating weird at the moment anyway i've always uh eaten weird but uh i do uh i do a vegan diet plus fish but i'm also adding in some uh ground up what are they called crickets as well you know like the insect which (laughs) which is the first non-vegetarian thing i've had in years but um (laughs) They got the most protein per calorie of like anything, man. That's awesome. Crickets, so I man. wonder if you're like, uh, is there a label for that? Like you're a pesk, a cricket pescatarian or something? Is I, that a thing? Well, I also don't have uh, don't have dairy and eggs, so you got to add that in there. So oh, we should try and think of a good one, man. But I kind of like that. There's no label, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I had crickets once in Thailand, and. Um, I remember we were doing. It was like another trekking thing, and we went to this market and. Uh, I was like, oh, I got to try this bag of crickets because why not? And, you know, there's some people there. I thought like, they'd be like, hey, who's with me? Who wants to try crickets? Like nobody wanted to try them. So I just started shoving them in my mouth. And um, uh, people were like, how does it taste? And I was like, it, it kind of tastes grassy, yeah, right? Yeah. Like grassy. it just tastes grassy. And uh, anyway, I wasn't a huge fan, but maybe I'll have to try them again. I don't know, man. I... I can't see keeping crickets around the house to eat. Oh, I'm more of a chocolate, you know, <laughs> popcorn, ice cream kind of snack guy, I guess. Business idea, chocolate covered crickets. <laughs> I think that is a thing, but really? <laughs> maybe you should try to whip up a batch. Yeah, man, we're on it. We're on it. <laughs> so uh, why the move to Norway? You must get asked a lot, but um, oh, is it because of, uh, I'm, I'm guessing here, is it because of your significant other is from Norway? Yes, my <laughs> oh, wife is Norwegian. Uh, we actually met in a hostel in Brazil where you're going. Oh, nice. Whereabouts? Uh, this hostel called the Mango Tree in... Um, mm, in, in Rio? Yeah, it was in Ipanema, I believe. We actually just looked it up the other day because I was like, you know what, I got I want to send them a postcard. We can be like, hey, we met in your hostel like years ago and now we're married. You know, crazy, nice, one of those yeah. crazy hostel stories. Uh, so be careful, you know, what happens in a hostel doesn't always stay in the hostel. <laughs> I love it's it. That's your life. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so that was many years ago, and uh, we have a whole backstory. But we we had lost, uh, we had gotten out of touch, and then we got back in touch, started skyping, writing letters, and dating her, and then we're just kind of traveling back and forth, 
you know, fortunately I was location independent, so I could come to Norway, stay for three months, uh, which is how long you can stay in, in the Schengen area. Like you have 90 days visa, visa out of 180 days. So come live here and then go back to the States or go somewhere else. We'd meet one time we met up in like Southeast Asia so we could spend more time together and just like kind of going back and forth, man. And, um, it'd been a long time since I'd, I had been nomadic for a long time. And then I'd been living in Boulder, Colorado for a bit and kind of bouncing on the road, off the road again and settled in Boulder for a couple of years. And I wouldn't say set, I'm still traveling, Mm but kind of was set up there. And yeah, then we started dating eventually. And then I started bouncing around again. And uh, (laughs) yes, this is kind of new because I just moved to Norway officially, just got permission to stay for a year from the government. Oh, nice. so that's exciting. So kind of working through the immigration thing. And man, it's also weird. Just, I'm just getting used to living somewhere and trying to look at it like, okay, you know, there's a lot of things that you think about when you're traveling, like, oh, when I live somewhere, like I can, you know, there's, you're always giving up something anytime you're doing something else. So mm-hmm. when you live somewhere, you can um, take advantage of some things that you can't necessarily do when you're traveling to make it a little bit harder. So, right. um, so yeah, so I'm just getting used to it, man. But uh, and being a new country and everything like that. But right now, it's spring. The weather's beautiful, and um, having a good time. Nice. Have you uh, bought furniture yet? Apparently, that's the <laughs> that's the thing. You know, like furniture. oh yeah, that was stressing me out to be honest. <laughs> with. But uh, no, we uh, there's something called Fin.no, which is kind of like Craigslist in the states, or you guys have Gum Tree, right? That's or, the one, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, we we got like a yeah. couch in our bed, and we got like a chair for like twenty bucks. Like we didn't, we got like nice stuff, but man, it, uh, we had to hunt around a little bit for it. Mm. We didn't, want to, you know, buy all new furniture. And yeah, apparently that's when it gets real. You know, from a traveler going to going to live in a place, it's like wow. It now I have real. a <laughs> I know. I'm starting to bring the couch over. I'm like, oh man. This- <laughs> that's it man it's it's a weird thing so that's like um because it's it all depends on your on your mindset i think travelers have a certain mindset and i don't know how much furniture comes into that so like mm-hmm. so we recently actually did a, a travel tips episode on on mindset what are your thoughts about the uh the traveling mindset what traits do you think are beneficial what traits do you think are ingrained in the traveling mindset you know what i mean i don't think there is a catch-all mindset mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. i mean it depends on the person and oh totally i don't know that that's a tough question because it's it's kind of trying to box in something that's like really an open question mm. you know uh, i think generally if we're going to speak generally uh the advantages of the traveler's mindset i think is that and maybe it's something that comes with traveling too, like not necessarily going into your first trip or maybe not even going into your third trip, but maybe over time as you travel and have these travel experiences, I think you can't help but uh, just feel more connected to uh, the world, you know, become more of a global citizen where you can maybe, you know, empathize with things and you can understand like a lot of the media stuff is, is BS, you know what I mean? It's just filtered content. And, um, and also just personality traits, like I think being able to take things in stride and, and be more flexible and, and kind of be more open to, uh, to change and being more adaptable and, Mm. you know, everything from like, you know, having a little more maybe bravado, stretching your comfort zone a bit, 
builds confidence. I mean, there's so many different things that travel can do for a person. Yeah, man. And as you say, I think these aren't necessarily things that um that come with a mindset of a traveler, but I think there are things that uh, traits that anyone can have that are beneficial to traveling. You know what I mean? I think it's turned on its head a little. So anyone working in in a corporate job could have all of these traits open to trying new things and everything like that. And these are things that will that would be beneficial if they do go traveling. I think uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's one thing, especially for people that are in a career or they want to build a career or they think they should build a career because that's what society wants you to do. Like in, in whatever I'm using career in air quotes, yeah, I know what you, um, mean, yeah. you know, that sort of status quo yeah. situation. You but speaking um, my language, man. Yeah. I know. What you're yeah. <laughs> uh, there's like different ways to look at things. And I think the healthiest way to look at travel, even if it's just a gap year or you're taking time off is like, you know, don't make the assumption that, like you said, you're going to come back and people are going to think, uh, they're going to see, I think a lot of people are going to see the value in it rather than being like, you wasted your time. You were just traveling and not doing and learning anything. Uh, as opposed to embracing the idea that even if you're just doing it temporarily, there's a lot of value in it. And as long as you can communicate that properly, even if you want to have a career, like there's nothing wrong with having a career or anything like that. I'm not in any way against it's like hmm. everybody's got to do the things they want to do um but I, I would say if you want to travel long term don't look at that as a negative like the, somehow that's going to set you back it's not a setback i, I don't think in, in any way shape or form and um hmm. you know it's it, why not believe that uh the end result's going to be positive or there's there's going to be you know you're going to be able to sit down in front of somebody during an interview and explain this and they're going to see the value in it because there's no guarantee that everybody's just going to think it's a bad idea you know definitely, definitely. so yeah we talk a lot about why people travel the reasons and what they get from it and everything like that but in your show the zero to travel podcast you seem more concerned with the question we get asked so often which is how so yeah, the Zero to Travel podcast, you you take people wanting to live a life of travel and help them achieve it. Is that right? Yeah, I would say so. It's uh, it's a life of travel. It's travel, whatever on your, I say traveling on your terms, whatever that means to you right now. So I think the important thing that unites all of us, whether you're listening to this podcast, people that listen to Zero to Travel, my show, it's the love of travel. And that's, that's a, a value in life that we all share, right? And I've met many travelers over the years and it's usually that people that are passionate about travel right now, it's not something that goes away really. You know, it's going to kind of be always, always be a part of your life. But we all know that life changes as, as you go on, you know, you might be, but a budget traveler, or, you know, you'd say you're a student, you do your gap year or whatever. And then later you get a job and you're kind of traveling part time. Then you want to go location independent. There's all these different ways you can travel, so I like to think of it as an a la carte menu uh, where you can really take a look at your at yourself and what you're interested in right now and not only create a life or a, a life of travel around that or maybe just a life based on the values of, of you know, travel as a thing you want to do and how you want to invest a lot of your time, but also combine that with your other passions, your other interests and do it in a way that serves you in, in a very holistic fashion. So you're not only just traveling, you're combining all those other things. And uh, because there are so many people doing it in different ways, I just love to share their stories because I think it's a, it's inspiring to, uh, to hear other people that are doing it and to get advice from them. Mm. So, you know, you don't make certain mistakes or, 
there's just, you know, a lot of value, I think, to, to hear from other people doing it. And, um, yeah. And then just providing the support system for, uh, for the community to empower people to travel however they want so yeah man and uh like you say the support system location indie now this is something that see okay right now (laughs) travel stories podcast is sitting number one in the travel section and new and noteworthy in the uk congratulations thank you very much but there's (laughs) one podcast that's hot on its tail man it is coming up there it's rising up and any moment now it's going to knock it off the top spot that is location indie (laughs) <laughs> oh, really? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this episode might not get it. <laughs> so Location Indie, uh, what's it all about, man? Yeah, well, it's a podcast, like you said, a, a podcast. We have a podcast of the same name, but really it started as a, it, it is a community. We started the podcast later and it's locationindie.com. And it's really there as that support system to help people who want to work while they travel, maybe start their own thing, or you have some people that work remotely and they want to connect with others living this lifestyle. So it's that laptop, you know, lifestyle where people are not only just just traveling, but they're actually building a business while they're traveling the world. And um, that that's, I mean, that's, that's a huge uh, range, right? <laughs> like you have people that want to build, you know, just a little freelance career that they can support, you know, their travels on a very minimal level. And you have other people that want to build like full-fledged businesses and then all points in between. So uh, Location Indie is its membership community where people can come in, they can connect with other like-minded people that are building businesses and running them from the road. And we do cool events every month and we have, we have hangouts online. We have, um, expert Q and A's where we bring experts in on different topics to teach, uh, certain skills to members. We do uh, members only, uh, classes where we teach stuff that's working with us, where we geek out on all of our online business stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we wanted to create that space because there are, there's a, a very large subset of people that want to live that, that type of lifestyle and, and infuse travel with, with business building or with building, something around something they're passionate about or, or work that they love. That is awesome, man. That is absolutely awesome. I've, uh, I know about the location in the, uh, what do you say, home, uh, but the podcast is relatively new to me, so I'm going to have to be downloading all of your episodes. And if this episode knocks Travel Stories podcast off the top, I'm going to kick myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we're all in this together. So, oh, yeah. Well. You know, we talked a little bit earlier. We're going to have... Uh, gonna have to have you telling a story over on the zero to travel podcast so. oh man yeah i've got a great one lined up i tell you you're gonna love it <laughs> sweet so you've got a story for us today then yeah i've got a story awesome whereabouts does it take place well can we just find out during the story of course we can man of course <laughs> <laughs> i love the mystery i'm excited now <laughs> you gotta keep cliffhangers you know that's what a good story is oh you t- yeah I, all right i'm gonna stop asking that question that's it the show has changed forever now thank you Pinch. <laughs> <laughs> righty so um if you could give the story a name what would you call it thumbs up Thumbs up. Interesting. Interesting. Radio, you're listening to the Travel Stories podcast, and this is Jason Moore with Thumbs Up. (laughs) 
my buddy Gary just left my apartment here in Oslo, Norway the other day. And Gary is a full-time nomad, which means he's not so much traveling as he's just choosing to live his life out on the road. And as a traveler who has experienced incredible hospitality around the world, having the opportunity to return the favor and host friends, host travelers in my new home city is an honor and a blast. So anyway, Gary came here a few days ago because he was quote, in the area, as he said. And for him, that means he was two countries and around 800 kilometers away, which seems easy enough when you consider how great public transportation is in Scandinavia. But Gary doesn't usually take planes. He doesn't take trains, he doesn't take buses. He takes rides from strangers and that's because he's an avid hitchhiker. His passion for it is contagious, so contagious in fact that two years ago when he organized a hitchhiking race in his home country of Scotland, I had to hop on a plane and participate. What an awesome way to see a new country, right? <laughs> so it was a month before my wedding, which might not have been the ideal time to go hitchhiking in a foreign land. But if there's one thing I've learned about travel and adventure over the years, it's that if you don't make time for it, it just doesn't happen. So there I was sitting on the plane to Scotland, feeling a little more nervous and excited for the trip than I have in a long time for any other trip because it was mostly because I had limited hitchhiking experience, catching the occasional rides out of nature areas in countries like Costa Rica, in Chile, always pretty short rides. I'd never hitchhiked across or around an entire country. And of course, it's inevitable when you think about hitchhiking, all the Hollywood and hitchhiking cliches jump to mind. The serial killers, the stranglers, the perverts that are out to get you, the people who will slice you up into a million pieces and separate your limbs into various garbage bags to, of course, be distributed in some remote areas off the interstate. But that was the point. It was to face all these irrational fears, to challenge myself in some way, to expand my comfort zone, because travel, let's face it, is a kick-ass self-development tool. So I arrived in Edinburgh, checked into a hostel, spent a couple days sightseeing and soaking up some of the live pub music before the race began. And the plan the night before the hitchhiking race was for all the racers to wild camp to grab free camping on the outskirts of the city. And the pre-race gathering was the perfect way to bond. Campfire, travel stories, booze, guitars, tents, people from all over the world. What more can you really ask for in a gathering? But I had one big worry outside of uh, the fears of hitchhiking, the person I was paired up with didn't show up. So I was the only racer without a partner and I did not want to do this alone. So when morning came, we all stumbled out of our tents and I nervously packed my bag and started making my way down to the road. And as the organizer, Gary, my buddy, was hesitant to actually participate in the race, but at the last minute, decided to be my race partner. So that was a huge relief. A quick overview on this race. The race course Gary created was an epic 546 mile quasi circumnavigation around Scotland. We had to visit eight iconic Scottish checkpoints along the way, get photo evidence of each visit. And these spots included various monuments, castles, and incredible mountain views. And this was a grassroots event. There were no waivers, no prizes, no sign-up fees, no sponsors, 
No big events, just a bunch of people making their way around Scotland by thumb because it was an adventure, because it was something cool to do. So anyway, there we were on May 1st, 2014, standing on the side of the road, thumbs in the air, hoping for the best. And our first ride came, got us off in grand fashion. His name was Barry. He was in a service van. And the funny thing was there were other teams of two standing waiting for rides. So we got in, we told Barry we were on a hitchhiking race. This was our first ride. And he just started honking and taunting everybody as we waved out of the window, taunting the other racers who were laughing. And there was a lot of standing on the side of the road over the next few days, but not as much as I had imagined. We did all of the typical hitchhiker stuff. We smiled a lot. We held out ratty cardboard signs. We danced. We sung terrible pop songs. All right, maybe that's not so typical. And we just put out as much good energy as we could to passing cars, hoping for a ride and hoping for the best. It was all about the experience. And to describe the three days I spent thumbing around Scotland in one word, I would have to say that it was nothing short of transformative. When it comes to hitchhiking, you really must depend solely on the kindness of strangers to get where you need to go. You put yourself out there on the side of the road, you stick your thumb out, and you really just hope for the best. And each ride is this unspoken agreement of trust that needs to be decided right there on the spot instantaneously. The driver sizes you up before they pull over. In turn, you open the car door and you must judge within a split second if this is a safe place to go or if you'll end up in those various garbage bags down the side of the road. And when you jump in a car, you share more than just a ride. You share personal space, somebody's intimate personal space. You share stories and more often than not, you share these authentic and beautiful connections with other human beings you just wouldn't have had a chance to know so intimately. And they feel safe sharing a lot with you because you're just passing through. And that can be the case with travel in general. And if you ever have any doubts about the generosity and overall goodness of human beings, just go hitchhiking. The strangers who picked us up really went out of their way to make sure we were taken care of. They treated us with respect and even admiration as we told them our tale of the race and Pencils of Promise, which was the organization we were doing some fundraising for as part of this race. And their kindness was overwhelming. They just seemed really thrilled to be a part of this whole adventure. And I had to wonder, does hitchhiking provide more opportunities for authentic connections? Or was it just that I was more open to connecting with people? And I really still don't know the answer to that. But I do know that being away from the digital world and the hustle of bustle of my busy life gave me some undefinable spiritual boosts and the chance for a more pure and fulfilling travel experience. And it took us 19 rides to go that 546 miles. We did hit all eight checkpoints and made it to the finish line in just a few days. And I'll share a few of those rides quickly just so you can get a sneak peek into what the experience was like. There was Nick, who was a big, burly farm boy <laughs> from the countryside of Scotland, who had a very intimidating looking metal machine he was towing. We didn't know what it was, and we had no idea that it's somebody's job to flip cows over and give them manicures. That's what that machine did. There was an older couple who literally drove one hour round trip 
out of their way just so we could get a picture next to our first checkpoint in the Cairngorm Mountains. There was Anka who invited us into her home to meet her beautiful family, then fed us a world-class meal of chicken and rice. And after that, got back in the car and decided to drive us 14 more miles to our next checkpoint that night when she could have just been hanging out at home. Thanks to her, her husband, Jeff, and her beautiful daughter, Madison. There was a gentleman by the name of Duncan. He was healing from his mother's death. And the fact that he spent every penny just a week before on a boat called Nomad was shocking to say the least. It was really a pleasure to share the car with him. There was an Aussie woman and her two kids. It was our second camper van ride and her son was looking at us the whole way. He was adorable and so were the decorations in this badass camper. I want one of those someday. There was a sweet old couple from the Lakes District. They loved wildflowers and quilting and they just seemed so content together just cruising in the camper. So amazingly kind. Thank you for your trust. There was Sarah and Ian. Sarah owned a cafe in town and she stopped at the cafe and told us we could order whatever we wanted off of the menu. So thank you for the five-star ride and the lunch. There was Julia. She went above and beyond getting us out of a city we felt a little stuck in when we were really parked on the side of the road for quite a while. She stopped on a busy road where nobody else would, then drove on her work commute on a Sunday night just to get us where we were going. And why she decided to drive two strangers 45 minutes to the next town on her work commute that she has to do every day during the week on a Sunday evening, I'll never know. But I think it's because she rocks. (laughs) That's why. So thanks to Julia. And our last lift, the one that took us back to Edinburgh, Wendy and Katie, who was her four-year-old daughter in the back of the car. Wendy never picked up any hitchhikers before and Lord knows why she wanted to on this day but she took us all the way to the finish line told us about a B&B she was planning on purchasing with her boyfriend and given her hospitality and generous spirit I'm sure it will be a great success many things happen when you step out on the side of the road and stick your thumb out but I think the best thing is the reminder that we are all connected and that this world is filled with wonderful and kind souls. And as I share this, my buddy Gary is out on the road right now, somewhere between Oslo and Bergen, making his way across Norway with his thumb out. So when you see him or someone else standing there and you're passing by, consider pulling over, maybe giving them a lift. You might be pleasantly surprised by what happens. And if you are traveling, Try putting your thumb out sometime. You just might learn something new about humanity. Man, that was awesome. Really enjoyed that. (laughs) That was really, really good. I have one question. I have many questions, but this is the first one. What did your cardboard sign say? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever city we were going to. All right, is that just just a city, just Edinburgh? <laughs> but nice Usually and simple. it said the next town. I, I think we had two sides to it, but um, yeah, you know, it, we didn't have the cardboard before, so yet you have to scrounge things up. You have to be resourceful when you're hitchhiking. So we 
we bombed some cardboard, I think, from a 7-Eleven or a gas station or something and um, drew on it. You know, you got to have the ratty cardboard sign. Oh, you've got to. It fills the look, you know. You've got to not shave for a few weeks and, you know, (laughs) I like that. So Mm -hmm. I must say, I grew up in the country. I've always been around trees and livestock and everything like that. But I've never heard of a cow flipping manicure machine. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just this giant metal contraption. And, you know, we rode along with this guy for a while. And, you know, he had us guessing, just guessing over and over again what it was to the point where I was like, was he going to drive us to his farm and like put us in there and <laughs> lock us up in there? But no, he, he was good natured. We knew we weren't, that wasn't going to happen, but he, he, he saw, we were just totally baffled by what this machine does. And, um, then when he let us out, he got out and showed us the machine and, and explained it. And you could see how the, the cow goes into this metal. It's not a cage, but it's just like, I can only describe this big metal entity on a trailer and i guess the cow goes in there and they they flip the cows upside down and then they he fixes their nails that's awesome i love that (laughs) i love that they should have that for humans too you know you go to a salon you know they just stick you in a machine (laughs) yeah that would be a good idea (laughs) that's a winner yeah definitely business ideas all over man so Mm. (laughs) we've got chocolate crickets now we've got people flipping manicure (laughs) machines love it so um this hitchhiking did it change how you see people in general because of the connections you made with people that just a few seconds ago you didn't even know existed do you know what i mean yeah um I wouldn't say it changed. It's just a reminder, I guess, and a real in-your-face reminder because uh, I've had a lot of different jobs over the years, travel jobs, where I'm interacting with total strangers and and they've helped me out or they've opened up. And it's just it's just putting yourself out there in a different way and exposing yourself to that uh, that element of trusting in humanity. You know, you put yourself on the side of the road with your thumb and you just you're really just trusting in the world to take care of you and the people that come along to, you know, be cool and to, to either help you out. And it's not like a one way thing. You know, when you get in the car, you want to give back. And even if you're not, even if you're taking a ride, you're not necessarily taking if you're giving. And by that you can give energy, you can give stories, you can give uh, and lend an ear and listen. You can just be a good companion for them. Cause a lot of times people that pick a pitch hikers, they just want some company, you know? Mm. Um, there's a variety of reasons why people pick up hitchhikers. And um, I, I, it's just a different way to travel. And I think uh, it's just a reminder, a, a real visceral reminder of just that people are generally amazing, good souls. Mm. Yeah, man, we, we get that a lot. Like every every other travel story I hear is you know what, I went out, I trusted this guy, and it turns out people are awesome. You know what I mean? It's, it seems it seems there's something telling us as we grow up, like, mm, you know, don't trust, don't talk to strangers, stuff like that. But I think when, when you travel, and even when you don't, even when you just go out of your comfort zone and, and talk to people, you kind of realize people are awesome. You know? mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a weird thing. Yeah, and when you get a ride, you know, it's it's fun to be a part of something bigger. I think everybody enjoys that. So, you know, being in this race, doing a bit of fundraising around it, it was a great story to share and people felt like they were contributing by giving us that ride in some way and helping out. And of course they were. So it's always nice uh, when you're hitchhiking, I think, to just share your story and be real open and um, 
you know, let people know what they're a part of. Mm, yeah, man. And finally, you say that you love to host travelers. Now, I've been meaning to use the five pound flights from London to Oslo. <laughs> See where I'm going with this? <laughs> yeah, I bought that couch just for you. <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> you're more than welcome. Got my name written all over it. Love it. Sure. Some awesome. library next over a couple beers oh great idea great idea although i don't know how well it go after a couple of beers and we'll just be talking about <laughs> everything and <laughs> everything and nothing at the same time <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on the show man it's been really great having you here where can people check you out just go to zero to travel.com you can link to you know there's links to all the projects there uh the community we mentioned location indie i-n-d-i-e it's locationindie.com. and uh if you're you're listening to podcasts so uh just search zero to travel and you'll find my podcast or if you're into the location independent thing search for the location indie podcast and um then you can find everything there on the podcast probably the easiest place Awesome. And Location Indie is I-N-D-I-E. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on, man. It's been wicked. Great story, too. I love a good hitchhiking story. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. I'll talk to you soon, man. We'll uh, we'll have to hook up in uh, in Oslo. Uh, Sounds you're good. You're obviously welcome here as well, but uh, Oslo's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope to see you back out on the road at some point. I guess we'll cross paths, I hope. Oh, definitely, man. Awesome. Great having you on the show, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Hayden. Cheers. Right. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Travel Stories podcast. Get in touch with Hayden on Twitter at Travel Stories UK or online at travelstoriespodcast.com where you can find all of the show notes and resources. Subscribe to the show to join us next time for another immersive, inspiring and international travel story on the Travel Stories Podcast.